Today on Feeding My Faith, when Jesus lost his temper, who was he yelling at? I'm here to praise your name, Lord. That's what I'm talking about. I'm here to lift the name of Jesus high. All right, welcome to Feeding My Faith. I'm your host, Dave Jackson from the schoolofpodcasting.com. If you're new to the show, look, we take out all the cliche things that you hear at church. It's just, look, let's just talk about you and God and how can we get a better understanding of God? Because the better relationship we have with God, I believe the better our life will be. And so I start every day with a little Bible passage and so over the span of a year, I, you know, basically went through most of the Bible and I noticed something out of the corner of my eye that there are some instances where Jesus gets ticked off. Now, some people go into this, no, Jesus never lost his temper and he did, it was, it was righteous anger. And look, the dude lost his temper. He, he got upset. How about that? Right. Let's not split hairs over this. And I, I get upset when I see different churches that are just negative, right? You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do that. God hates this. God hates that. And and I, I get their point, but I go, well, is that how Jesus acted? Did Jesus go, on, go around to non-believers, right? People who had no idea what God was. People who had no idea who he was and say, guess what? You're going to hell. That is not the way he spread his message. And if our goal, if our goal is to be like Jesus, then maybe we should look at who did he get upset with? So I looked at Matthew 23. It says, woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees. Now the Pharisees were basically, for lack of a better phrase, the politicians kind of in his community. And the one thing that really, 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 over and over and over, it shows, gets Jesus upset, is when you're a hypocrite. Woe to you, teachers of the law and the Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the door, he says. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying. And he says again, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You travel over land and sea to win a single current, a single convert, and when you have succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. Here's the cool thing about Jesus. He didn't really mince words a whole lot. When he, when he got somebody, and notice who he's talking to. He's talking to people that were more or less leaders in the Jewish religion, Right? In theory, people that should have known who he was, people that should have known better. He continues on. What do you blind guides? You say, if anyone swears by the temple, it means nothing. But anyone who swears by the gold of the temple is bound by that oath. You blind fools. Again, not really sugarcoating it here, is he? Uh, Which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred. You also say, if anyone swears by the altar, it means nothing, but anyone who swears by the gift on the altar is bound by that oath. 
Here again, how does he respond? You blind men, which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? Therefore, anyone who swears by the altar, uh, anyone who swears by the altar swears by it and by everything on it. And anyone who swears by the temple swears by it and anyone who dwells in it. And anyone who swears by heaven swears by God's throne and by the one who sits on it. He's not done. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. You guessed it, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you've neglected the important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. So what is he into? Justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter, faithfulness, without neglecting the former. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. There's again Jesus doing kind of the parable thing. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you guessed it, you hypocrites. You clean out you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self indulgence. So here again we see a theme. Jesus is always looking at the inside of people. And he's saying, You guys are all about how you look and how you act. And he calls them blind Pharisee. First clean the inside of the cup and dish, then the outside will also be clean. He doesn't care what you look like. He cares about what you think. He cares about what you believe and what you're doing. The inside of you directs the outside of you. So woe to you, you guessed it, teachers of the law and Pharisees. You you got it. He's on a roll, you hypocrites. Uh, You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. And in the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. So here again, you want to push Jesus's hot button? Be a hypocrite. Because he says in verse 29, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. So that's like, what, six times in a row now? You build tombs and realize this. He's not, this is, we're reading this here. He's saying this Two people in their face. You build tombs for the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous. And you say, if I, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. So you test a guy against yourselves that you are the descendants of and who's murdered. Wait, let's read this one again, Dave. I, it's raining outside and it's distracting me and my throat's killing me. Uh, So you testify against yourselves that you are the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Go ahead then and complete what your ancestors started. And then here, he's kind of getting, he's tired of calling them hypocrites. So he goes for the jugular. You snake, right? You snakes, you brood of vipers. How will you escape being condemned to hell? Can you imagine saying that to somebody's face? Therefore, I'm sending you Prophets and sages and teachers, some of them you will kill and crucify. Others you will flog in your synagogues and pursue from town to town. And so upon you will come all the righteous blood that has been shed on earth, from the blood of the righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Truly, I tell you, and you'll notice Jesus says that a lot, truly. Why? Because he's here to testify to the truth. All this will come on this generation. In verse 37, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you will kill the prophets and stone those 
uh, sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So Jesus is talking to religious leaders here. In Mark 3, the story picks up here. Another time Jesus went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them, meaning the Pharisees, were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if we could heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with a shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. And then Jesus asked them, the Pharisees, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill. But they remained silent. I talked about this before. Jesus did not like the silent treatment. And here the Pharisees are giving him the silent treatment. He looked at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot their Hedians, the Herodians, with the Herodians, I can't read today, uh, how they might kill Jesus. So here again, he's upset with religious leaders. Um, In Mark 8, the disciples had forgotten to bring bread, except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the who? Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, he's saying that because we have no bread. And part of the problem here is really, in my opinion, this is my opinion, uh, the poor disciples, Jesus talked in parables all the time. So when he actually says here, uh, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees, He's kind of talking into a a parable, but he's also saying, you know what, watch what those dudes are saying. Because they're, they're, obviously, if they've been with him, he's been saying all sorts of things to the Pharisees. They should have figured that one out. But no, the the poor disciples go, oh, he's upset because we don't have any bread because he said that thing about the yeast. And Jesus, of course, is aware of their discussion and says, why are you talking about having no bread Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see? Are in ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they replied. And I broke the seven loaves for 4,000. How many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered seven. And he said to them, you still don't get it. (laughs) Well, actually he said, do you still not understand? But here, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's getting a little frustrated, like, dudes, you're sitting here talking about we don't have any bread. You've seen me do that miracle twice, and you're still going, oh, what are we going to do? Don't have any bread. I'd be a little frustrated. He also said uh, in verse 32, he spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. This is another time where he gets upset. Uh, He was saying how he was going to be crucified. And rise on the third day. And um, Peter came to him and said, no, there's, this isn't going to happen, Lord. No way, right? And it says here in verse 33, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. So here, 
somebody argued with is like, no, 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 get out of my face. You better back up, Peter. Just back that crap up, right? Here's another one. Again, being kind of a hypocrite. The next day, they were leaving Bethany, and Jesus was hungry. Keep in mind here, Jesus was God, but Jesus was also human. He was hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree, right, he went to find out if it had any fruit. So picture this. You're hungry, and you're like, oh, cool, a tree. And again, Jesus has taken the shoe boot express. He walks out to the tree. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. So he says to the tree, may you never eat fruit from you. May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And the disciples hear him say this. He's basically saying stupid tree, right? Now, on reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. So think about this. This is Jesus just flat out losing it, right? He's turning over tables. He's come, picture that. You walk in, everybody's selling stuff in church. You're like, what is this? And he just, there's another scripture where he talks about he he built like a whip and was beating people. I've yet to find that one, but I I kept seeing that in different uh, different translations. And he says, is it not written my house would be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you made it a den of robbers. So who is he talking to again? Church people. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him, for they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. And when evening came and his disciples went out of the city, in the morning as they went along, they went by that fig tree, and now it was withered from the roots. And Peter remembered and said to Jesus, uh, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. And it says in verse 22, and again, this is Mark 11, says, have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly, I tell you, there again, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Now, he's not really upset here. But he is giving instructions, and he's giving instructions to his disciples in this case. In Mark 10, people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. And when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. So let's, uh, you know what, I'll be honest with you right now. I'm not really sure I understand what exactly um, the phrase indignant means. So we're going to go right out to dictionary.com. We're going to throw that in the old search box at the top and uh, indignant feeling character characterized by or expressing strong displeasure at something considered unjust, offensive, insulting. So in a nutshell, we could say, uh, yeah, Jesus was uh, a pitch uh, uh, frustrated, right? Wasn't that one of the uh, phrases there? And um, unjust, offensive, and he was insulted. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such of these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like children will never earn it. So here again, who's he talking to? 
his disciples. Now, we're going to speed up on some of these. Um, He rebuked some demons, right? So here, um, it says here in Mark 1, Just then a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want from us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus said sternly, be quiet, come out of him. And the people were so amazed at this. So here, who was Jesus upset with? In this case, uh, a demon. demon. And somebody who knew him. That's kind of a key here. All right. Uh, Yeah, here in John 2, making a whip out of a cord, he drove them all out of the temple. Sheep and cattle as well, scattered the money changers, coins, knocked their tables over and said to the the dove sellers, take all this out of here and stop using my father's house as a market. So it's a different version of that uh, other one. And um, so here again, what makes Jesus upset? In Matthew 25, it says, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you or needing clothes and close you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And it says, the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least or of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Here again, Jesus is talking to believers. But he says, then he will say to those on his left. So these again, people who know him, depart from me. You who are cursed into eternal fire and prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me in. I needed clothes and you gave me nothing. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. Now I'm paraphrasing those. And again, Jesus says, look, when you, when you see somebody in that state, if you do it to them, you're doing it for me. Uh, in Mark, this is, uh, we'll get down to the last ones here. Mark sixteen fourteen. Jesus later appeared to the 11 as they were eating, because again, uh, Judas was gone. He rebuked them from their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he'd risen. Now, part of this was, I think, because they were women. It was women that came to the, 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 the guys and said, we saw him, the tomb's empty. You're not going to believe this. And they didn't believe him. Now, why is Jesus upset here? Because he told him he was coming back. And and then he comes back. Somebody tells him, we saw him, he's back. And they're like, I don't think so. So he's kind of a little frustrated here. He rebuked them. So again, Jesus gets a little testy when you're a hypocrite. He gets a little testy when you just don't have faith. Because he's, he's given you insane, just unbelievable miracles and these guys saw them and they didn't have faith no wonder he was a little bit upset so but the one thing you notice here is it was people that knew him and so when i hear about churches going out and saying how much they hate things jesus We'll talk about this again, I think, in the next episode. But there were times when Jesus could have got upset with people, and he didn't. And we'll see 
that those people didn't know who he was. And those are the people he had patience with. Those are the people he had compassion with. Those are the people that he showed love. He then developed a relationship with them and said, oh, by the way, have you met my father? And that's the, that's the path we should be following. But anger is an emotion. It's something that's in us. And I found some quick uh, verses here. Psalm 37, 8, refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. Proverbs fifteen eighteen: a hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. So much easier said than done, right? Proverbs twenty nine twelve: a man of wrath stirs up strife, and one given to anger causes much transgression. And last but not least, Proverbs thirty thirty three: for pressing milk produces curds, pressing the nose uh, produces blood, and pressing anger produces strife. So I don't think we have to really dig too deep to figure out that anger can lead to a lot of bad things when it's not controlled. But just realize, to me, when I read this, again, I'm not in about was he was it right for him to get upset or how he was upset. It's the fact, in my opinion, he was upset, and he was upset with his followers, with people who should have known better, and he he yelled at those people that know him. So if you know him, one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is I know him. I need a better relationship. I know I'm doing things that are inhibiting me from having a closer relationship. And so I got some plans for this podcast going forward. I think in 2014, we might start doing really short shows much more frequently. Just a quick, hey, here's something to think about kind of thing. But I want to thank you for tuning in. Also want to really, really thank everybody who's listened. I realize this show has not been the most consistent thing, but we have been voted. We've been nominated, I should say, for a podcast award. And from now through November 16th, you can vote every single day. And if you feel so inclined, you know, go to feedingmyfaith.com forward slash podcast awards and I'll show you who I'm voting for. I have different friends in different categories. And and by the way, you're going to notice one of those in a category is a podcast in the gay, lesbian, bi, and transsexual and you're like, Dave, you're, you're voting for somebody in that category? Yeah. Because I'm following Jesus' example. I have a, I, I've met these guys in 2005. And if you build a relationship with these people, with anyone, these people sounds weird, but when you make a relationship with anybody and let your example show them the love of Christ, and how you your life is different because you don't live by the same rules as the world. You don't need the shoes. You don't need the big house on the hill. You don't need to drink to have fun. You don't need to do all this other stuff. 
that maybe you'll stand out and maybe they'll go, I want to know a little more about this Jesus person and let God handle it. We're not here to judge. We're just here to live life differently and point people to God and let the Holy Spirit work in those. Anyone. Anyone. So if you see that and you see my nomination, that's why. I'm trying to follow the example of Jesus Christ. So thank you so much. I'll actually put a link out there where you can sign up for a newsletter where every day I'll send you a link to uh, to vote for us all. Also, you can follow me on Twitter, feedingmyfaith.com. I'll be uh, putting a link for that as well. And uh, And this is episode number 22. So all the scripture that I mentioned today, you can find at feedingmyfaith.com forward slash two. Two. That'll take you right there, and you can see everything, and I'll have links to the, the voting stuff that we talked about. Thank you so much for tuning in, and um, my email is dave at feedingmyfaith.com, and um, I hope you got something out of this. I would love to hear from you if you did, and uh, it's time to get out there and testify to the truth. Take care. God bless. Amen.